Welcome to today's show. During this hour, we're going to be interviewing Brandy Hopkin on the topic event planner training, casting vision, and time management. During the next hour, you are going to discover success secrets for casting vision and setting attainable goals, planning mindsets to ensure a successful event, three questions to ensure you're staying on track as you plan, the key to accessing God's resources for your needs, insider tips for increasing volunteer participation, time management strategies to reduce the stresses of event planning, primary focal points to keep you true to God all along the way, and how to handle a big success without a typical day after depression. Brandy is our guest today. She is a writer, speaker, and a pastor's wife from Indiana. She has been casting vision and coordinating events in women's ministry for years and is the co-founder of a faith-based teen girls organization. Her website is brandyhopkins.com. Welcome to you, Brandy. Hi. Hi. Well, it's great to have you here, and we've got a lot of ground to cover in a short period of time, so we're going to dive right in. First of all, um, you have done quite a few events and helped people do events, and so let's talk about some of the um, ways to start, like the brain place, the mindsets to have, the success secrets for when you're first casting vision and setting setting your goals. Okay. Um In the beginning, you obviously have the vision yourself, and then it's important that when you take your vision to other people that they can see the passion within you because that's going to be key. If you're passionate about something, um, it shows, and that passion and that excitement um, feeds over into the people that you're talking about about your vision. And when you're sharing that vision, you must stay focused on the goal and the main purpose. You have to go back to the goal so that they don't go off into wonderland and um, and then wonder, you know, where are we going with this? So it's infer- important to stay focused. And um, like I said, it's, it's all about the passion. When you are casting vision and um, trying to get people to see that vision, they must see your passion they must feel your passion and at that point then they're usually on board how do you avoid setting unreasonable goals I think you first have to ask yourself is this realistic Um, I think it's also important that you don't confuse uh, steps of faith with emotion so you have to separate those two things and ask is this realistic is this something, um, number one, that it's God-directed, and are we able to do it? So I think it's very important to separate the excitement of an idea and the actual realistic of being able to do it and discerning whether or not it's God's will. Right. I like to I like to remember that in the Bible, typically miracles occur at points of um, – you know, points of crisis typically. So I don't see Jesus walking into the average kitchen and saying, oh, you didn't think ahead to make lunch here. Let me whip it up. But I do see him feeding 5,000 when he needs right. to. And so, you know, as a planner, you don't want to live in miracle land when you're planning. You want you want to always have the option for God to show up in a miraculous way anytime he wants to, but you don't want to put him in the position where you didn't plan. Therefore you're expecting him to come through. And I like, you know, your, your point there where it's easy to lose a team into La La Land or, you know, to um, over, 
I would tell my team at, at the store and the restaurant, under promise, over deliver. You know, you don't want right. to over promise and under deliver. You know, that's just a bad place to be. It feels bad to the participants and it feels bad to the people who are who are planning it as well. What are sure, some sure. minds? Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's so easy to get excited over ideas, um, but at the end of the day, we have to step back and think, okay, God, number one, is this you? And is this something you're calling me to do? Um, And that's key. Right. Are there other planning mindsets that you want to have, you know, in place as you get going? Sure. Sure. Um, I think it's very important to remain positive uh, throughout um, the planning of the event, things, things happen. Um, if, for example, you know, when I plan my events, we plan it out months in advance. And throughout those months, there are days when I don't feel like doing this event. So I can't base it on my feelings. So you have to have a positive mindset. Um, and in the book of James, you know, we're told that when you doubt, you'll, you know, you're tossed like the waves of the sea and, um, and, and it even states, you know, that you're double-minded and unstable. And so when you make a decision and you've prayed and God's given you confirmation, you have to stick with that throughout no matter what comes your way. And the importance of staying positive is very um, key in that the people that work with you, they feed off of your attitude and your mindset. If they see that you're worried, they're going to be worried. If they see that you're negative, they're going to be negative. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so it's important to stay positive. It's okay to state concerns, um, but you have to be wise when you do that. Um, it's, it's very important not to ignore things that you need to address, but people feed off of your mindset, and the more positive you stay, the more confident they're going to be in the event itself. Mm, right, right. Are there any other mindsets that are important? Um, sure. It's you've got to stay focused. Focused is huge, and that goes along with the staying positive. You have to be able to stay focused. Go back to okay, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And remind yourself ultimately, it's not about you. So your mind ultimately is staying focused on the goal and then the many goals in between there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what are the three questions to ensure you're staying on track as you plan? The three questions that I have that work for me personally is number one, um, you have to ask yourself, do I have my plans written out? Do I know what I need to do? And okay. So you start out with that. Um, And with that, create a list. And within that list, you can kind of break it down into different categories. Um, So that's the first part. Um, Second is, is there evidence that I'm meeting my short-term goals? Which goes back to that list. So do you have a list? Do you have your plans written out, um, detailed down to each little aspect of the event? And then, you know, secondly, ask yourself, is there evidence that I'm meeting that? So when you set small goals within the planning stage, you have to be able to meet those. And then thirdly, it's important that you stay in close communication with those who are helping in the event um, to stay on track when you plan. 
because if you're not in communication with those that you're working with, ultimately something's going to come up and it's going to throw you off track. Um, so close communication to those who you are working with, and um, that way you can deal with issues as they arise and hopefully address it in a timely manner. I love that. I, I like to, um, when, when you say start with the written plans, that's such a great point. And, and one of the things that I've learned over the years is if you can have those deadlines in place and actually don't push the deadline right out to the last minute, have a little margin in there for life to occur. But what happens right. is as you're getting close to the deadlines, it really gives you a reason and a way to stay in touch with your team members so that as you're coming up to a deadline, you know, two weeks before a deadline, you might call and say, you know, I see that we got a deadline for all the publicity coming up on this day. How's that coming along? Do you need any help? And and it feels so much different than just calling a team member and saying, I'm checking on you because I really don't think you're doing your job. You know, I mean, it just feels so different when you sure. have a timeline. Sure, it does. And, and it makes those feel it makes your volunteers feel better because they know that you care enough to check with them and they're not, I mean, they're not afraid to say, yes, I'm having an issue with this. Can you help me rather than feeling like the loads all on themselves? Right. And it's kind of, it reminds me of parenting a little bit in that like what I learned with my kids is if I would give them a five minute heads up, you know, supper's in five minutes, I had a lot more cooperation than when I just would say, come for supper right this minute. Exactly. Um, you know what? And it's the same with leading a team. If you will give them a heads up two weeks out that you're going to be checking on them in two weeks because that's when the deadline is. Then when you right. go back to check on them, it's really not, uh, it's not a surprise for them. Uh, even if they, if they aren't done, they will recognize that, you know, they, that they need your help now. And so I think it just makes it go so much better if there's a plan in place with with deadlines available, I like your number two, which is, is there evidence that I'm meeting my short term goals? I love that how you phrased it, because, um, you know, even if you aren't exactly on track, if there's evidence that you're moving in the right direction, that might just be enough. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Good yeah. deal. Well, this is. This is Marnie Sudberg. We're visiting today with Brandy Hopkins of brandyhopkins.com. She is a writer, speaker, and a pastor's wife from Indiana, talking today with us about event planner training. We're going to come right back and talk about the key to accessing God's resources for your needs and also insider tips for increasing volunteer participation. We'll be right back. Well, this afternoon, we want to spend just a moment talking about some coaching options available for you over at Marnie.com. First of all, uh, the mentors, the online mentorship program includes everything that's available online to you, and that's always available 24-7. And then if you want to just ask a question or get help getting unstuck, uh, sometimes there's permanent coaching available. There's also the 21-day wins, and those are where you take 21 days and you focus particularly on a specific thing that you want to accomplish in 21 days, either breaking a habit, making a habit, or um, even possibly uh, finishing a goal, finishing a project. And so I want you to consider checking out the 21-day wins for that. And uh, there's also then 
the Success Principles Intensive Coach Certification Program. That is a six-hour online training program after which you will be certified as a Success Principles Coach. And this is a program that I was um, uh, made when I was a um, official over at uh, selfgrowth.com. It's an amazing Bible-based program that is going to change how you view success, how you view goals, and at goal attainment for the rest of your life. I hope that you'll check that out. It's all available to you over at marnie.com, and I hope that you'll go look at that as soon as we're done with the program here. And at this time, we are going to welcome back our guest today, Brandy Hopkins of brandyhopkins.com. She's also one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com. Brandy, let's talk next about the key to accessing God resources for your needs. And when you are, I mean, we always have needs, <laughs> but when yeah. you're an event planner, sometimes you feel needs like acutely, like, God, I need this right now, you know, um, you have these needs that come up and I, I love it that you included this in the training because sometimes we forget that we have this amazing provider um, and we try to figure it all out ourselves. We do so many times we do that Marnie and we don't even realize we haven't even prayed about that need. Um, right. Yeah. Sometimes I find myself worrying about something I haven't even asked God uh, to help me with. I think the key to accessing his resources for us is number one, remember, you know, the phrase that says, if he calls you to it, he'll bring you through it. You have to trust mm-hmm. him with that. First of all, you have to really um, lean on that faith. Okay. When it comes to the resources, like with the teen girl conference that I do, there's lots of resources that we need and, um, we've had many times we wasn't sure where the resource was going to come from. We did everything we could, and then you have to re- leave the rest to God and trust that he's going to do it. But when it comes to accessing the resources, um, look around you. It's amazing all of the resources that God has already planted right in front of you. All you got to do is just stop and look and say, okay, God, what what am I missing here? There's an old movie that I loved. I watched with my kids when they were younger called Aquila and the Bee. And in it, this young girl was a great speller, and um, but her mother was a single mother working and didn't have the time to practice with her to go to the state spelling bee. And so Aquila took it up on herself to ask those around her. Um, there was one day she walked out and saw the mailman, and she had him quiz her. And so it became this community thing. But what she did that I loved is she looked around and thought, I can do this. There are people hmm. around that can help me. And that's helped me tremendously with some of my things. Different blogs that I write, I look around and I see, you know, I have coworkers who are great at um, editing and doing other things and, you know, are more than willing to help. So I think that that's our question. What has he already given us that we don't even realize that's there? Yeah, I love it. I, I, I call it the Moses principle. What's that you have in your hand? You know, where, yeah. where you know, he's out in the wilderness. He's got nothing. Exactly. And God said, well, yeah, but you got, you got a rod in your hand. Let's just work with what we got here. So uh, I exactly. love that. And, and I always, uh, I always like to think about the Cinderella story 
because I think it's such a picture of of us and Christ, uh, the the prince swooping in and you know uh, saving the day. But but even that fairy godmother, she's like, what do we have here to work with? You know, we got a little pumpkin, right. and that's really a biblical principle uh, where God will oftentimes say, what is that you have? Um, do you have you know like the widow who's got the two boys and she's going to lose everything? And, uh, and, and, and the prophet says, you know, but you've got some jars. So you, you collect all the jars from your neighbors as well and start pouring oil. You know, so right. uh, I, love, I love that principle. That's great. And then um, I was thinking about, you know, your phrase, if he calls you to it, he'll bring you through it. And I, there's another one that I really like, that if God orders it, he pays for it. Uh, we have right. a restaurant and people come up to the counter and they order food. And guess what? They pay for it uh, because that's how it works. Uh, that's how God has set up the world to work. And so if he truly has called you to do this, he is going to take care of it. And sometimes it doesn't come. Uh, you know, the two things I was thinking when you were talking, was, first of all, a lot of times it's a midnight hour answer. And I just hate those, Brandy. I don't know. Do you love midnight hour <laughs> oh, I answers? I mean, I, oh, I, know. I, I, yeah. love, I love it that he comes through in the end, but I hate it that I have to wait till the end. But right. then, uh, But then the other thing is sometimes he really has us, uh, it comes in a way that maybe we could feel bad about, like that didn't feel like how I expected, or I didn't think I was going to have to pay for that or uh, different ways. But what I've seen is I've seen that God always covers it, even when it's kind of surprising or even maybe uncomfortable. Very true. That reminds me of the story um, when Jesus is visiting and you, you know, Marty, where they have the, um, not going to be able to remember it, but the guy where they lower him down in the room, right. yep. you know, where the guy has opened up his home and he thinks I'm doing right. this great thing for God, but what are you doing? <laughs> putting a hole in my roof. And right. you know, sometimes right. we right. don't realize the resources, right. you know, that are going to be sacrifices for us. Yeah. 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 And I think it's just the, back to, again, the, the, what are we doing? Uh, why are we doing it? Okay, then let's just walk with Jesus and let's see let's see where this is going to go. You know, one of the challenges that event planners always have is volunteerism. And um, sometimes you have a bunch of volunteers and sometimes you don't have hardly any. Sometimes you have a whole bunch, but then nobody shows up uh, who did say they'd come. You know, so what are your what are some strategies or helps that you have for people regarding event uh, the volunteers? Okay, first of all, um, it goes back to um, casting your vision to them and getting them to feel your excitement. That, that's where it starts. They feel, they sense it, and they want to be a part of it. So that's key. And keeping that excitement um, is key to keeping them um, throughout the whole planning and, you know, ultimately the event. Communication with your volunteers, key. Uh, to increasing that, they want to know what you expect um, because that gives them confidence in what they're doing. If they know what they have to do, and they do it, so communication with them and what you expect, what you don't expect, letting them know that they can come to you anytime, um, that they need anything is key. And I think it also boils down to showing appreciation for them um, and letting them know, you know, hey, the cleaning crew is just as important for a successful event as the guest speaker. It takes everybody. And I think that it's important that you recognize everybody on those levels. Um, 
on all levels and let them know mm. how much that they are appreciate them. Check up on them when they're working, when they're, you know, see if they need anything. Um, and just let them know, hey, you know, you're doing a great job. And that just, you know, sparks that excitement in them and reminds them that they are important. As you were talking, I had a picture in my head of a team uh, because that's kind of what it it becomes it becomes this synergistic uh, team where everybody that's involved realizes that they are important and that without them, it's not going to turn out the same as when they help. I was thinking too about sometimes um, if you, if you're having trouble getting people to participate, it could be that in the past people's experience has been that it's been too much. Like um, they're asked to do all of the food coordination or all of the whatever. And you can break sure. that down farther. And there's a lot of people who are able to participate at a very minimal level. Uh, whereas there's less and less people who can take on huge uh, segments of your, Absolutely. of your team. So then if you have, if you have, you know, the person who's in charge of everything, you know, the buck stops here person, and then you have the committee leaders under that. And then under those, you can break that way down. And so that when you get together as your main committee, it's just the, the leader and the committee leaders. And then each committee leader gets together with her team right. separately out of there. And that really can help a lot uh, to increase the volunteerism. But I agree with you that um, a, casting the vision is the first thing. If they don't believe in what you're doing, they aren't going to give any time toward it. Of course, they would be silly too. Right. And then the, the second thing is that when you do have a meeting, you need to really honor their time. Um, I always like, I liked the thought process that says, you know, if there's 20 people here, and it took an hour for the meeting. That means the meeting was 20 hours long. <laughs> so, oh, wow. you know, yeah. when you, I really like to think of it that way. And when you're coming together with 200 women and it's an hour, oh my goodness, you know, you have right. 200 hours. That's why we put so much work into the event planning side of things, because it isn't just an hour, it's 200 sure. hours. And so when you have a retreat, you know, just exponentially bigger than that, uh, it's so important and to make it, make it doable. The other thing I like, and maybe just talk to this for a moment, I really like it when, if I volunteer for something, if I know exactly what's expected of me versus we'll just show up and we'll see what we can find. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I said. The communication part is, is so key. And you were so right when you said, break it down into, you know, you have a leader and then you have people underneath them. So they feel like they don't feel like they're doing the whole thing on their own. So that communication is, very important and following up throughout the planning to make sure they don't feel overloaded. And if they do, you need to address it you know, right then and find out ways to help them. So definitely the communication of what you expect. And if they know that going in and in the beginning, they're likely to follow through and feel good about it. Yeah. Other than asking people and, you know, putting notes in bulletins, is there any other way that you've come up with that really works for getting volunteers? Actually, just sharing the stories of my event. People step up and um, say, I want to be a part of that. How can I help? So just just sharing the experience that you've had with others in regards to um, whatever event you're talking about. A lot of times, if that passion and excitement is there, they're going to ask you before you even get a chance to ask <laughs> them. It. 
Yeah, that's great. Of course, another thing that can work really for you or it can sometimes work against you, but as you have the same event that comes around every year, whether it's a retreat or a mother-daughter tea or whatever it is, as you have that event come around every year, what you'll find is you'll find people bubble to the surface that really want to do it every year. And Mm -hmm. in order to make that not become clicky and um, kind of like, no, this is the group and there's no room for new people. You want to really, you want to really embrace something new every time, including new people. And so I love what you said about, you know, even at your, let's use a mother daughter tea example um, at that event, talking about the team that was this year and can't wait to see who's going to join us next year in planning this and just go ahead and even do that little pre thing there where you're you're opening your arms and saying you know we just love to have people help with us and you know even even possibly doing a volunteer focus uh at something like that where you say you know the person we want to highlight this year is our kitchen leader or you know whatever where it's just it's just an opportunity to let people know you know it took a lot of people to put this together and we we would like you to help right yeah very good Good. Well, this is Marnie Sweberg visiting today with Brandy Hopkins of brandyhopkins.com. We are going to come back and talk about time management strategies to reduce the stresses of event planning, primary focal points to keep you true to God all the way through, and how to handle a big success without that typical day after depression. We'll be right back. Okay, well, our guest today, Brandy Hopkins, is one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com, along with over a thousand other women speakers. And our featured speaker today is Stephanie Henderson of Colorado Springs, Colorado. You're going to love Stephanie's uh, profile over there. She's got four different reviews, as well as four different topics, and her website is listed there, too. So go check out Stephanie Henderson over at womenspeakers.com. Also, while you're there, check out our guest today, Brandy Hopkins. At womenspeakers.com, you are going to be able to directly connect with any speaker that interests you with no middleman, no waiting, no fees, completely free for you to search anytime, day or night, and with over 1,000 awesome speakers available to you. So check it out right now at womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. Our event planner training today is Casting Vision and Time Management with Brandy Hopkins. Brandy, let's talk about time management because um, planning, especially a large event, can really take a lot of time. So how, where, how, where do you put it in your brain? How do you think about it? Uh, first off, you have to start early. Ask yourself, what can you do now so you don't have to worry about it later? Because right before any event, everything gets hectic and crazy. So the earlier you start, the better off you're going to be. And you actually touched base on this part of it earlier, Marnie, when you break it down into categories and delegate to different people. Um, At my events, for example, I have different teams. Just as you mentioned, I have setup crew, cleanup crew, registration crew, etc. And then I focus on one area at a time and that helps me to not be stressed. And and it reminds me of when I ran my half marathon uh, when or when I run long distances, I have to focus on the mile that I'm in and not the fact that I have 10 more miles to go because at that point it's (laughs) too overwhelming. I have to get through the mile that I am. And that's the same way with um, 
with the time management, if you break it down, you have your list, you have your different areas, uh, volunteers, and you focus on them one at a time and then get them situated with different time management goals, then the restress is just going to be greatly reduced. I love that. And I love the mile at a time concept. That's so scriptural. You know, God talks about, you know, that, that there's enough grace for today, that his new mercies are new every morning, that, you know, there's sufficient troubles for the day. So don't be thinking ahead, you know, and, and of course you plan out ahead what you'll think about on different days, but then you really leave it out there. You really don't have to think about it all every single day. I think that's the thing when I, when I work with gals who don't like making lists, that's the thing that I tell them when it's in your head, you have a thousand things to do, but when you write it down, it's only 122. (laughs) And when you get it it down on paper, you can actually prioritize it and you can say, you know what, this one's really bothering me, but I really don't, it's not due for, you know, two weeks or, or two hours. I don't have to think about it right now. And it really helps you to, to, to change how you're thinking about that many, many things to do. Absolutely. And then after you've delegated someone to lead a certain area, like the cleanup crew or what have you, you have to trust that they're going to do it. You can't keep worrying about it. You can't keep, you know, just going over their shoulder. You have to trust, check in with them at times, but you have to trust them enough to do their job so you can focus on the bigger picture of the event, which is all the teams combined. Right. I love, I love the, um, in my book, Flow Through Vessel, I talk about this release and receive process where when worry comes to your mind about maybe a team leader who's, you know, you're not sure if you should be worried or not, then what you do is you just toss her right up to Jesus. You just, just like you're throwing a ball in the air. You just, you just say, here you go. You take care of her. And then, you know, is there anything you want to give me? In, in place of that, and usually you'll just have peace that God's got it. And then you just, once you have that reciprocal gift that God always gives us, that peace or that joy or whatever it is that he gives us when we release anything fully to him, as if he really owns it now, not us. And then I always follow that up with, thanks for that, you know. Now is there anything I can right. do for you today? And if yeah. there is something that you need to do, Right then, in peace and calm and joy, you will be able to do it without the same kind of sensation that you have when you're worried. It changes the entire experience from something unpleasant and stressful to something that's just normal, of course, for, you know, parents and leaders do have to follow up sometimes. That's just part of the job. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Good. And the other thing I was thinking about with the time management I like to encourage you to start with the end in mind so that when you're thinking about your event, just take, just pause with Jesus for a few minutes and just imagine the end of the event. It's over. Everybody's leaving. And what are they saying? What are they feeling? Are they happy? Are they, were they totally broken and they're going home in a meditative state? You know, what is it? How is it that you want this thing to end and have that be part of your vision how you want it to end because that's really going to affect what you do now in preparation to getting there brandy for you guys when you plan um does do you do you incorporate that you know the the ultimate outcome uh into the planning in any way we do um one of the things we try not to get caught up into though is 
how do we beat last year's excitement? You know, when the oh, girls leave, right. they're all excited. So it can't be a competition. You have to every year right. for itself, and every year is for God. So that's Love that. that's really important. Um, but yeah, you 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 think about, you know, we want to leave. We want these girls, in particular, to my events that I do. We want them to leave feeling loved and appreciated, and mm-hmm. with questions, you know, wanting to come back knowing that they have a safe place to go to and that, you know, Jesus really loves them. And so that is, you know, that is our ultimate goal. That's what we work toward with every little thing throughout the conference. My uh, co-founder is my interior decorator, I call her, but she puts, you know, all throughout the conference through the decorations, there's little things there, you know, Jesus loves you, or it could be something hmm. that's related to our theme focus. You know, this year is let it go and, you know, let go of those worries and, you know, and just be yourself tonight. So absolutely hmm. um, thinking about the end throughout the whole thing, because it is our goal to show these girls how much God loves them and how to, you know, let go of their worries. Hmm, so beautiful. So this is really kind of how we keep those focal points um, pointing to God the whole way through. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about there? No, that's I'm okay. Okay. Um, and then um, maybe let's talk about the day after because sometimes, uh, sometimes that that day after can be even. I mean, I found I, I'm so happy because I learned years and years ago. Um, how to do how to do the day after better because it used to be so depressing for me even if it was wonderful I would really crash have you ever had that happen that's funny you asked me if I'd ever had it happen Marnie because I've not and so now I'm thinking okay Lord is it going to happen this year so yeah I've not experienced that but that doesn't mean you know anything um but what I do you know, because I, I do plan my day after, um, I make sure that I have nothing on my schedule that's within my control, obviously. Um, that way I can rest. I think rest is very key because you're on an emotional high, you're on a mental high, but your body's probably just <laughs> shutting, shutting down. So, you know, I don't commit to anything. And my family knows that if, you know, after my conference, I come home and I'm done and, and that's okay. Um, But that's been, you know, the successful thing to me is just not committing to anything and planning to do nothing. But in that time, just basking in the goodness of the Lord and what all he's done and reflecting, you know, through everything that's happened because you're on such an emotional high um, that it, it, it takes sometimes weeks to just process it all. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I think that for me, and actually I've done some coaching with some other gals. So I know that this does happen to a lot of event planners. Um, uh, there are some things that bubble to the surface for me to share here. One of them is if you've had hurtful words that came mm-hmm. uh, during the event, someone was critical of how you did it, how it went, uh, the speaker, whatever, and you're the leader. Sometimes that can be really hard to get past. And, you know, there's just a, there's just a rule, you know, for every one look at yourself, you take 10 looks at Jesus. And, you know, you, right, just, keep, right. you just say, okay, 
I heard those words. Now, Jesus, what is the truth? Show me who you are. Where were you? And just let him walk you through all of the things that he did uh, during the event, during the preparation, in your own heart, what you noticed that he did in the hearts of others. Uh, those are the things to focus on. And, of course, uh, the, the second thing then after hurtful words is lies. Just you will have lies of Satan that will come into your head about it. You know, it wasn't good enough. Uh, it was too long. It was, you know, I don't sure. know. There can just be sure. a long list of things that you could criticize uh, or be criticized about, and nobody said it, but you hear it inside your own head. Absolutely. And so once again, just let Jesus tell you the truth. What are your thoughts there? Right. Well, I've had those questions, you know, time and time again. Oh, you know, I talked too long, or I didn't say enough, or I should have said this. And I kind of relate it to parenting. It's, you know, you mentioned parenting earlier, um, and that I'm doing everything I can do possibly, you know, and then at Uh some point you have to give it to God and trust that he's going to cover you. And just like with parenting, I'm going to be the best mom I can do, but I'm still going to fail at some point. And it's that, you know, that's where we rely on the grace of God to cover us. Um, Because if we could do it all, we wouldn't need him. And so just trusting that, okay, God, I'm doing everything that I feel you've shown me to do. Um, you know, and, and shutting off those lies of the enemy because he's everywhere and, you know, just trusting that God has you covered and just going back into that rest, I think is, is very key with that. Yep. And then, okay. So the first one that is the main one is hurtful words that come from outside and then lies that come into our thoughts. And then the last one is needs. And, and you touched on this with your rest, but Uh, For me, what I found out was that I was a bottomless pit as far as needing words of encouragement. And the time that I realized this, I had put on a program for girls and their parents, and everybody came and everybody loved it. I didn't have one single discouraging word. Also, there weren't any lies in my head. Nothing had gone wrong. Uh, There was nothing that I would have done differently or better. And I got home and I experienced that same letdown after the event that I normally would feel. And I really prayed about it. I was like, God, that couldn't have gone any better than it went. How come I still don't feel, uh, how come I still feel so bad? I just feel so let down. And he just showed me that I was trying to get some of my needs met by doing the event by doing the ministry. I was looking for that to satisfy me. And of course, nothing but Jesus will ever satisfy me. So I had to really just become aware of the fact that I was using it as a tool to meet some of my needs that God did not ever mean it to meet. And I needed to die to that. And so that's the last one that I would just encourage you. If you have that really down day after events and you are taking care of yourself, like you're not just, you know, you're not just, crashing because you need to crash Um, but you're you're crashing emotionally because somehow this has become a little mini god to you and it needs to be in its right position so that god can flow his love through you instead of you standing in the way and trying to get stuff out of it that he never intended absolutely marnie one of the things that i have is i have a prayer partner who's been my my mentor for years and she's an older woman and very wise woman and what i love so much about her is she's not afraid to tell me like it is i know i can go to her 
And I know she can set me straight because that's what mm-hmm. I need because I get caught up in things sometimes. Well, what if I don't do this? And, you know, she's like, right. listen, girl, you know, this is not about you. And she right. brings me back to focus. So it's important through mm-hmm. these things that we have those people praying for us. We can go to. And even after the fact, if we need to just wind down and talk it out, you know, they're there to listen. Um, right. But having yeah. that prayer partner and mentor is key. And that's been key for me throughout this whole thing. Absolutely. Well, this hour has just flown by. Brandy, um, if somebody went over to your website at brandyhopkins.com, and you spell your name uh, with a Y, brandyhopkins.com, uh, if somebody goes over there, what are they going to find? They will find um, some of my event photos from over the years. They'll get to see photos of my events, um, mission trips, different things that I do. They'll get my biography um, and my contact information if they're interested in having um, me to come and talk to them about events. They will also be able to read uh, some of my blogs that I post on there as well. And on my page, um, with the different tags or the tabs that I have, if you click on them, then it'll take you to the other uh, resource sites that I have. And what uh, and what other kind of resources do you have? Just very My, briefly. That's okay. Um, the Teen Girls Ministry that I do, um, yep. which is called GC3. They can access that through my website. The um, the mission work that I do obviously is through my church and and the youth stuff that I do there um, would be the other resources that I have. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. This was really fun. Thank you, Marnie. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thanks so much. And you guys, um, you want to go over and check out brandyhopkins.com as well as she is a speaker over at womenspeakers.com. So you can check her out over there too. At this time, I'd like to just spend a moment ahead. Of course, I am leaving for Africa in a couple days, but we have some great shows pre-recorded and ready for you the next couple of weeks while I'm gone. Uh, Next week is Seven Keys to Starting a Profitable Business, and then the week after that, Writer's Training with Peter Bowerman. The week after that, Mother's Day Special, How to Be a Worry-Free Mom, and you're going to love that program. And also, if you wouldn't mind praying for me during the next two or actually three weeks, I leave on Saturday uh, for 17 days in Africa, uh, speaking 14 di- times in 17 days. So it's going to be a really intense time for me. Pray for everything, but mostly, if you would, pray that God would just flow his love and his life through me and the team that's going to the women of Africa. And that's our heart and that's our goal. So thank you for sharing with us in prayer and in partnership there. And if you want to learn more about that, it's over at Marnie.com. For now, thanks for being here, and I hope to see you again when I get back. Okay, bye-bye.